Hello and welcome to Gem the GM. This is a podcast all about escape rooms from a behind-the-scenes games master perspective. Today I'm going to have a little chat about team types and team sizes. Now, most escape rooms take teams between two and six people. I think that's the average, although some can obviously take more than that, depending on the size of the room. And I meet a lot of teams of two, a lot of pairs, that really enjoy playing as a pair and don't ever really want to invite anyone else to the group to play with them. They've become quite territorial about their little pair. And I think teams of two can quickly figure out each other's strengths and weaknesses, which is what makes them work quite well together. And the only time that's a problem is when a room won't allow two people to play the game. In that case, it's a good idea to have a person in reserve, somebody that you can ask to come and join you if you need to make up some numbers. However, I will just add a little piece of insider information here. Some companies that are all about the money will say that there is a minimum of three or four people just to get more money, basically. The room is physically possible for two people, but they just don't want that room booked out for a minimum cost. So a little tip for you is if you see a room that is a minimum of three or four players, then contact the company if you'd still like to play as a pair to ask if they will allow two players and if it's physically possible for two to play. You might get mixed answers to that inquiry because I've made it myself a few times. Sometimes they'll just say it's not possible for two to play and you wouldn't be able to do the room unless you have more people. And that's absolutely fair enough. If the room is physically impossible for two people, then of course you're going to need more. So I don't have a problem with that one at all. But some say that it is possible and they're happy to book you as a pair. But they might say that you have to go in off peak times Or they might even say that you still have to pay the three or four person price. And that last one really annoys me. But it's up to you how you feel about that and whether you would still be willing to play, given that you'd had to pay for more people and there's only two of you. So it puts the price per person up quite a lot. So that's entirely up to you. I personally wouldn't want to do that. The most common groups are friends, families and couples. Those are the ones that mostly walk through the door. And if you're wondering, yes, sometimes it is hard to tell how people are related or if they're in a relationship or if they're just friends. And sometimes we do try to guess based on what the players are doing in the room. So a particular type of pair that sticks out like a sore thumb is the first date. Yeah, if you're considering an escape room for your first date, well, first of all, yeah, do it because I think that's a great first date. (laughs) I'd certainly see the person again if they took me to an escape room for the first date. But uh, it is very obvious, so just beware of that. It's very, very interesting to watch as well. So the first telltale sign that is that they're very quiet and nervous looking. And they're also usually dressed quite nicely and you can tell that they're trying to make a good impression on each other. They seem reluctant to ask any questions and you suspect it's because they don't want to look stupid in front of the other one. 
For that reason, the introduction is usually quite quick because they're quite quiet, a bit nervous. They just want to get on and get inside the room and they don't really want to talk too much or ask any questions. So they're usually quite quick to get in. Once they're inside the room, it continues to be quiet, neither wanting to make the first move towards trying to solve a puzzle in case they get caught out or look stupid. And if it's a male-female couple, then usually it's the guy that does the physical stuff. And you can tell that the female doesn't want to risk bending down or showing her bad side um, or risk being caught in bad lighting or just risk making an idiot of herself, basically. And after a while, although it does take longer than other types of teams, they do get going a bit more, but you can tell that the woman is overly laughing at the guy's attempt to make jokes and the guy is complimenting the woman on how clever she is and if she makes any kind of connection between things or solves a puzzle, then he goes really overboard in telling her how amazing she is. It's really quite sweet, actually, but it is very, very interesting and it definitely sticks out. You can definitely tell when it is a first date. I have heard a story. This hasn't happened to me, but I've heard a story about a guy taking different women to the same escape room on their first dates so that he could make a really good impression by looking really clever because he'd played the room before. And he had previously asked the games masters not to say anything when he comes in with these different women and that he's just doing it to try and look clever in front of them. So, yeah, people think of everything these days. Name it and we've probably seen it. One of the cutest couples, actually, that I ever had was an elderly couple, which doesn't happen very often. So I was quite surprised. I wasn't expecting it when these two elderly people walked in. And they slowly and steadily worked their way through some of the puzzles in the room. They didn't finish it, but when I greeted them after their game, they very calmly and politely said, Thank you very much. We were bought a voucher for Christmas, so we wanted to see what it was all about, but it's not for us, so we wouldn't play another one. And then they left. (laughs) And that was it. And I very much believe that they never played one again. And actually, that just reminded me of another couple I had a pair of elderly ladies who came in and they said during their briefing that they play a lot of escape rooms. They're not very good, but they don't want any help. They just like to see how far they can get and they're very content with that. So I did as they asked. I just left them alone. I just watched them play and they didn't make it, but they came out having had a great time and they went off to get coffee afterwards. They were lovely. It was so cool, actually. Like if teams know that they don't want any help I do quite enjoy that because then I just get to sit back and watch it's just me being lazy really I get the easy job then all I have to do is just watch and make sure that they don't break anything or hurt themselves yeah easy job for me so I feel that I can collectively talk for most games masters when I talk about some of the teams that we don't like and one of them is team builds So when a group of work colleagues pile in, my heart does sink a little. For the most part, they won't have chosen to be there. And we all know that we don't choose our work colleagues. So you tend to get two types. Those that love working together and are super excited to be out on company money. And those who don't get on and would rather be anywhere else. 
And because the teams have not been selected based on friendship groups, you often get a really mixed bag of people. There's usually one or two that have played loads of escape rooms and are furiously trying to educate everybody on what you have to do and impart all of their knowledge and tips in the space of a few minutes. You usually get some that have never even heard of escape rooms and have no idea what's going on. And you get those that are just looking forward to the pub or the meal afterwards, so they just want to get it over and done with. And of course, those that are on the phone or texting or they're late because they're in an important meeting and they just can't leave work. So you do get a big mix of people and you can you can end up having people arrive and then you're waiting for the ones that are late or on the phone or still in the car finishing a conference call and all that kind of stuff. So they can be a little bit frustrating that way. Some team builds go really well, but the most I hope for is just to get through it with minimal hiccups. I once had a lady that came out of a room in tears just a few minutes into the game because she'd been put into a team with someone that had been bullying her at work. That was not very nice at all. She was really, really quiet during the intro and I just put it down to her being one of the quieter ones. It was quite a big team. No, it turns out it wasn't that at all. It was that she was really unhappy about having to do what the escape room with this person. Basically, she only lasted about two minutes and then she just came out and was just crying. Bless her. So I just comforted her a little bit and she said, do I have to go back in? And I was like, no, of course you don't. You can, you know, you can sit with me in the control room or if you want to, you can go and get a coffee or something and I, I can tell them where you are and you can join up with them afterwards. So she did. She went out and she got a drink and then she came back and sat with me and waited for them. And she seemed really nice as well. And I've been in that situation. I've I've been bullied at work and yeah, having to be in the same team with them or play an escape room with them. Yeah, would have been horrible. So I can, I can understand why she felt like that. I do wonder about her manager, actually. And I wonder whether the manager knew and was trying to force them to get along or whether the manager didn't know at all and just put them in the same group and that's what ended up happening. But I do hope that her situation got sorted. Another situation that I've had with a team build is that a team just gave up and walked out because they got bored and they weren't interested in what was going on. <laughs> oh gosh, it was so funny. I've only ever had that happen like less than five times, like maybe two or three times. And I think they were all team builds where people give up and just leave. They just got fed up. They were just like, now we don't really want to do this. And they just left. And then I had two teams playing against each other once. And when one of the teams heard that the other team that they were playing against had finished, they just gave up and left as well. But they didn't all leave. Two of them stayed. (laughs) So the ones that weren't interested were just like, yeah, we're going. And they left two of them still playing the game. And the other two were really enjoying it. And they asked if they could stay. So we were like, yeah, of course you can. You've still got like another 10 minutes or so left on the clock. So carry on. And the team that had finished and the, the rest of the other team that didn't want to play anymore just went off down the pub. So yeah, you do sometimes get them just walking out, which is odd. I've also had lots of arguments over which team won and plenty of friction inside the room as well. So generally, team builds can be just awkward. 
Stag and Hindus are another type of group and they can be a bit hit or miss. Sometimes they're lovely and sometimes they're a drunken mess. And a little tip for anyone out there thinking about booking an escape room for a stag or Hindu. Do not book an escape room for the morning after a big session of drinking. I've had several teams lose members due to hangovers and not being able to get out of bed. And I've also even had team not turn up before as well. And I just, I assumed it was because they were hungover. (laughs) I don't know. Just don't do all the drinking and then play an escape room the next morning. Perhaps book the escape room as one of the first activities. That's when everybody still has their brain cells intact. The most annoying group I ever had was when a Hindu of 14 women turned up. When they arrived, they were, shall we say, tipsy. And guess what? They all needed the toilet. We only have one toilet where I work, so it took absolutely ages. And I kid you not, by the time the last one had gone, the first one needed the toilet again. So it was then that I had to put a stop to all the toilet using and say, look, guys, we're going to have to start the game, get you in the room. And then if you want to come out during your game to use the toilet, then you're absolutely welcome. But I can't wait anymore. 14 women to go to the toilet and they were all dressed up as well in like 50s rockabilly stuff. So they all had these big puffy skirts on and tights and all that kind of stuff. Oh my gosh, it took ages. Birthday parties are a common sight in escape rooms. They're generally fine unless it's an 11th, 12th or 13th birthday party. Then they're a nightmare. Although I do know that some GMs really get on well with kids and really enjoy having kids play the escape rooms, and that's absolutely fine. But this GM would prefer children not play at all. Well, no, I suppose that's not strictly true. There's just something about that age group between 11 and 13 where they're so loud and they scream a lot and they just don't listen to anything. They're so excited And quite often they've been for ice cream or pizza or, you know, they've had cake before they play. So they're all hyped up and oh, it's an absolute nightmare. (laughs) I really hate it. I don't want to GM kids' birthdays. It's one of the good things about the lockdown. We obviously didn't GM through the main lockdown, but since escape rooms have been able to open up, but parties haven't really happened yet. They're not really starting to happen again. So... Yeah, you don't get any kids' birthday parties at the moment. It's great. And of course, the most common group that we get are just friends and family. And they can be anything from twos to sixes. Uh, Although it depends on the escape room. As I've said before, where I work, we have two rooms that are exactly the same. So we can take up to 12 people that play against each other, which is always quite fun, though it does always Um, create friction and sometimes arguments over who won and who took the most clues and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, friends and family are the most common types of groups. And luckily, they're the easiest ones as well. So for the most part, the job is fairly easy. It's just when we get one of these groups that I've talked about that it can get a bit trickier. So I hope that you have enjoyed hearing about some of my stories about the types of teams. Who's in your team of choice? Do you have just one other that you like to play with or do you have a horde of people that you can call upon at any given time? Let me know on Facebook. Come and find the post with this episode and let me know what you think. Thank you so much for listening and until next time, keep on escaping.